0: Thanks to ZipRecruiter, which is the presenting sponsor of Recode Decode and The Smartest Way to Hire. Staffing tech companies is tricky. From high turnover to rapidly changing skill sets, you really have to stay on your toes. ZipRecruiter knows because they're a tech company too. So it's no surprise they built a product that uses powerful machine learning algorithms that make finding qualified candidates simple, efficient, and intuitive. If you're hiring, it's time to get smart. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now at ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. Today's show is also brought to you by GoCD, the software build and release tool from ThoughtWorks. GoCD supports modern infrastructure and helps enterprise businesses get software delivered faster, safer, and more reliably. Download and use GoCD for free at GoCD.org. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as someone who literally can't believe there's a popular company named Goop, but in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the red chair is Dr. Jen Gunter, who's an OBGYN and pain medicine physician. But more importantly, she's been a pain in the ass for the wellness industry, and I love her for that. She's written a lot of excellent articles about the truth behind medical claims of companies like Gwyneth Paltrow's company Goop, which just got featured in the New York Times. Apparently, jade eggs aren't supposed to go up there. Jen, welcome to Recode Decode. Thanks so much I for didn't having me. I not think we'd me. be talking this about you, Rico, but then I'm like, I run the show, so I can do, talk about anything I want. And, you know, I've been aware of what you've been doing for a long time, but not a lot of people were until this interview that uh, Taffy Ackner did in the New York Times. It was an article about Goop, and you... Well, we're featured in there quite prominently about about being a, a critic, and I thought this is a really great opportunity to talk about medicine online and a perfect case study for what happens when you have all these online outlets that are pushing stuff. It's very different from before, because it's more amplified. Um, so talk a little bit about your background, just so we can get a sense of what you do.
1: Sure. Uh, so I'm an OBGYN and pain medicine physician, and I've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. been a doctor for almost 30 years, pretty close to it. Right. And... I became really interested in how people access information online when I went through my own medical issues. Mm -hmm. So I had an extremely premature delivery, uh, which involved the death of one of my children. And I was pregnant with triplets and two surviving sons who were in the intensive care unit for months and months, Mm -hmm. who also had other healthcare problems. And you're a doctor. And I'm a doctor. So you
0: know stuff. Yeah.
1: And it was really hard for me. And it was hard for me to find good information online. And so I started really thinking, gosh, if it's that hard for me, how do other people manage. Mm-hmm. And so once I got through all of that, I decided to try Can to Can I just
0: walk you that part a little bit, a little sure. more specific. So what what did you do? So you went online and you
1: Yeah, I would go online and I'd look things up and it would be so easy to fall down, you know, the rabbit hole with the clickbait and this company saying they had this product or this specialty pharmacy saying they could make this thing. And I would be asking my doctor questions they couldn't answer because mm-hmm. they're not online looking at this stuff. And so I really found myself getting bad information about, you know, formula choices or reflux and Mm -hmm. all the health problems my children were having. Right. And... I ended up making healthcare decisions that, in retrospect, I wish I hadn't.
0: Mm-hmm. But I was able— Based on this information. Based on this information, Again, exactly. you were a doctor, And too. I was a doctor.
1: Right. And then I started realizing that I had to just look at the medical literature and just talk to colleagues. And so I had the advantage of being able to read an article and saying, well, this is bad quality. Mm-hmm. Or to be able to call up a friend and say, hey, I need to speak to an expert on this. And I just thought the information that I would get back from these experts wasn't actually, like— crazy, weird information that I shouldn't have been able to find. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking, why isn't this simple information? Give me an
0: example of something crazy like during that time. Uh, So I had a son with... I want to walk you through it because everybody does this. I'm Dr. Blank. You
1: know what I mean? Yeah. So I had this... My son had terrible gastroesophageal Mm reflux, And so after every feed, he would vomit out his nose. Mm -hmm. And the complicating thing was he was also on oxygen. Mm -hmm. So I would have to whip off the oxygen tubing, suck out his nose, change the oxygen tubing, and get all that done within Mm -hmm. two minutes after every feed. So that was a really stressful time. And things got so bad, I started asking my doctor about, you know, surgery for reflux. And, And it wasn't the right thing to do. I mean, I was just very distressed, though. And what happens is when you're really distressed, doctors keep sort of increasing what they offer you, and sometimes what you really need is just a hand-holding. Right, right. And so I got an email from a, I was able to find a colleague who knew an exp, a world expert mm-hmm. and I, in distress at three in the morning I mm-hmm. emailed, which so I really appreciate how people are online and they're desperate. Mm-hmm. And the answer I got was, well, if your son's not having any complications, why does he need surgery? Right. And that just simple answer right. really, that's what really got my whole wheels turning about right why did I have to email 20 people and go through all this? And also the
0: online information.
1: Exactly, the online information. And I really feel a lot of the stuff that I read online kind of increased my anxiety about the problem. Right. Absolutely. A, as opposed does. to reassuring. I can't
0: me. tell you how, I just had an incident of someone I know who was thinking they were dying. It was a, It was insane, actually. And, the, and when you did look at the stuff online, it was... Um, disturbing. It right. was all pointing. It was not easy to search correctly. It's very hard to search correctly and right. to
1: learn appropriate internet hygiene. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the first things I do is whenever people tell me they want to look stuff up online, I'm like, well, you need to go to the National Library of Medicine and do their tutorial about how to research online because mm-hmm. they have a great tutorial. Mm-hmm. But people don't. They just Google and then they go above the fold and then right. they, you know, they look at the first two it's always, it's, it's always cancer. It's cancer. It's cancer or a blood clot. Yeah. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. You know, it was interesting because I, I, I I'm always like... And my brother, who's also a doctor, is like, don't go on the internet. Don't Google it. Don't... He's, you know, don't... I do call him and ask right. him questions. And then he'll put me to someone who knows stuff. But it was, it's really interesting, the, the proclivity of people to do that, including, like, to do that is probably really problematic as a doctor. When you're,
1: I love when people research things online because I really think people want to... People should be empowered. Right. People should have information. Right, but right. which should, is the flip side of exactly. it. Exactly. Right? But the way the information appears to be now online, I feel like we've moved beyond the age of information into the age of misinformation. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always trying to focus on how to help people learn to find information online, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to help them to learn how to be their own medical librarian.
0: Right, exactly. And so you were doing this, you had the personal thing happen to it. I want to go through your history and then I do want to talk about those topics because I think it's critically important that people utilize the internet correctly and yet not. But it seems like it's spun out of control in a way that is just people, and especially quack theories and things that rise. Oh, absolutely. So so you started reading Goop, right? Correct. So explain what happened here, how you got famous, internet famous. So
1: I think back in 2015, you know, I've been blogging for, I guess, seven or eight years Why did now. you start? Just because? But yeah, I started because after my kids you know, were kind of my five or six and they'd kind of come through everything and I wrote a book on prematurity mm-hmm. and I thought, okay, well, I've I've contributed back to the prematurity community and then I thought, well, why don't I try to clean up my little corner of the internet? I really mm-hmm. was like, knapsack <laughs> on my back. I'm going to fix this little problem. And, you, you know. A knapsack? Yeah. A digital knapsack? Exactly. What was in the digital knapsack? Well, iPad. <laughs> exactly. I think this was before iPads existed. Yeah, yeah. This was a while back. All right. So you put on the Backpack. In front of my little, back in a little backpack. Corner. Yeah, and then what I re- corners that the, the gynecology. The gyne- yeah, the okay. sort of women's health, reproductive health, and obviously, you know, especially in the United States, well, really everywhere, there's all this misinformation about women's reproductive health that's in- used politically as well. Yeah. So I started writing posts about just things that mattered to on me like, or new studies on like a
0: WordPress blog. Or- yeah, a WordPress yeah. blog,
1: which I still have because yeah. because we know, just had we- Matt Mullenweg, the founder, on. He's great. <laughs> it's it's so I'm very not tech savvy and I can use it. Right, so okay. so that's probably as good as advertisement right. as any. So yeah, so I just started blogging about things that interest me like about vaccines or about, you know, abortion or different, you know, mm-hmm. different stories that mattered to me. And there's a lot of
0: doctors are doing there's yeah. a lot of doctors online having blogs and yeah answers and, stuff like that.
1: and so I just you know just kept doing it and it just kept growing and growing and then in 2000 you know and I have a large Twitter following and people send me crazy articles and they'll mm-hmm. say what do you think about this and sometimes I'll write about it and sometimes I don't want it. it just kind of depends on what's going on mm-hmm. so I started in 2015 kind of blogging about goop because it you know, I sort of view Goop as sort of the couture of bad health information. Right. <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> All right. So you. So Goop led, it says is a, is a site started by Gwyneth Paltrow. It was originally started as a newsletter where it was a lot of products, like mm-hmm. things she liked, like really expensive scarves and things right. like that. And I urge you to read this Taffy uh, Ackner piece in the New York Times because it really does explain what it is. And and I know I've met Gwyneth, and and it's uh, some of it's really just like rich stuff, like facial lotions, and th- that's where it started. Right. Which was things she used in the home. And she's obviously, there's a whole wellness category now that's really taken off. And so she started to move into medical mm-hmm. kind of things. First started off with facial lotions. Like right. if you put this on your face, it'll be, I'll, you'll look like me. I don't think she ever said that. And no one, she's actually, nobody will look like her. But it was, it was started off in a different way, essentially, and then moved pretty quickly into medical advice, essentially, or, or they weren't pushing it that it was wellness, Right. They, they call it conversations. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. You know. So what what's the first thing that struck you? Well, anyway, it started off very differently yeah. than where it went. And then it got money doing more stuff. And and there's a lot of Silicon Valley people funding it and things like that. And some of it's pretty interesting. Like, it's pretty funny to read. And, and some people hate read it. And some people, you yeah. know, different things. Yeah, I would say as a physician,
1: it's pretty frightening, mm-hmm. the medical information or the conversations, which... I think if you're selling the product, you're pretty much endorsing it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the idea that people need supplements or that they should be afraid, and they sell a lot of medical conspiracy theories or Mm -hmm. the people that write for them promote a lot of medical conspiracy theories, Mm -hmm. which in turn are associated with lower vaccination rates and other kinds of problems. And so, you know, I think the problem is, is that Many people see stuff, and just like I did, when you're desperate and you buy stuff, that's exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that they're only branching more and more into wellness because it's selling and making money.
0: Right, right. There's a lot of people branching into wellness. So did you see a particular thing that, that got you, that got you doing this? Like, the f- why them versus—and we want. I want to talk about other sites and stuff. Like
1: that. Um, I think it was—well, some of them are—the first myth that I wrote about that they promoted was the idea that bras cause breast cancer. Right, okay. And— That's a pretty offensive myth, and I think I had a friend who's had breast cancer, and Mm -hmm. she sent me the article, and I thought, oh, this is terrible. I'm going to write about this. Right. Um, And then the person who wrote the piece for Goop accused me of being in the pocket of big lingerie. Uh I'm like, what does that even mean? (laughs) I wish someone would send me free bras. God. Like, what does that mean? What is wrong
0: with you? Is there a pocket of or, or, or just a cup of? of I, yeah, anything? I know, right? Like You're a cup. cup. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, so so you, what did you say about it? you? you they, this was saying that what was the medical?
1: Well, that somehow bras obstruct lymphatic flow. And I'm like, well, they obviously you've never seen a bra because right. nobody would wear a bra that tight. I was right. like, what are you talking about? Right, right. So I mean, it was just ludicrous. Mm-hmm. and And then the one that I think really got people's attention was the vaginal steaming one from a couple of years ago. That was 2016. Right. And explain, please explain. Well, so vaginal steaming is the idea that if you squat over a pot of steaming allergens, Mm because mugwort is a close relative of ragweed, Mm -hmm. that somehow you can cleanse your womb. I can't stand that word, womb. Um, And (laughs) it doesn't need cleansing. And that plays into so many patriarchal myths about, Mm -hmm. you know, women being dirty, that that menstruation has toxins. Mm -hmm. And it's so wrong on so many levels. Never mind the fact that your vagina doesn't want oxygen. Mm -hmm. It's a hypoxic environment. Mm -hmm. So getting, you know, air up there is actually bad. Mm -hmm. So all kinds of misinformation, and and then what happened from that is all these. So you peop- read this, you, yeah, I read it. Yeah. someone sent it to me at like six in the morning, mm-hmm. and my kids were still sleeping. So mm-hmm. I sat down and I you know wrote something quickly, and then right. a, you know an hour later it was all over the internet.
0: Right, and so so and
1: you said explain what you said. I said don't. <laughs> um, I think I said Gwyneth Paltrow says steam your vagina and I'm an OBGYN, don't. Right. And you know my fellowships in infectious diseases, so mm-hmm. I know a little bit more about these right. things than than other people. Right. So, yeah, so that really took off and I didn't realize that, you know, there are all these spas then that started offering V steaming or vaginal steaming and right. you can buy a home unit on Amazon. Right. And at my little grocery store at the end of the street, they sell a a sachet of herbs for Mm -hmm. it. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of why I call her the couture. You know, Mm -hmm. she mentions this trend, and obviously not everybody can afford to go to the, Mm -hmm. the Shishi Gwyneth Paltrow salon, but a lot of people might try it at home or do other things, just like we all might copy Dior if mm-hmm. we see something. So, right,
0: right. So in that way, she's like that. So were you surprised by the attention that got? Obviously, the word vaginal steamy is going to attract any kind of attention. Well, I was a little bit surprised because mm-hmm. I've written
1: other things about about vaginas before on my blog, obviously, because <laughs> that's right. kind of a right, what I right, write right, about. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, it took off and... And then people just send me stuff. I don't really, I mean, sometimes when I'm bored and it's three in the morning and I can't mm-hmm. sleep or something, I might look at goop, but, right. um, or, I, or I troll Etsy. If you put vagina into Etsy, all kinds of interesting things come up. All
0: right, we'll discuss that next. <laughs> I'm going to end on that note for this section. All right. We're going to take a quick break now. Please go to Etsy and search immediately. And we'll be back in a minute with Dr. Jen Gunter, the unofficial fact checker of Goop and other wellness brands. We're going to talk about that and what you need to do online. Uh, I want to bring Jen in because it's really important, not just around wellness, but all kinds of stuff that's on the Internet uh, that we have to really think hard about what we're getting. Thanks to ZipRecruiter, which is the presenting sponsor of Recode Decode and The Smartest Way to Hire. In the business of tech, it's practically scripture that you have to be comfortable with big, bold, exciting risks. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't try to minimize the downsides of taking big risks. If you're hiring, you can massively reduce uncertainty with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes across its network to actively find people with the right experience and invites them to apply for your job. And as applications come in, it analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates to save you time and make sure you never miss a great match. It's so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. So if you're hiring, it's time to get smart. Go to ZipRecruiter.com decode right now, where you can try ZipRecruiter for free, the lowest risk price there is. Don't waste another second. Go to ziprecruiter.com slash decode and start putting that technology to work for you. That's ziprecruiter.com slash decode. We're back with Dr. Jen Gunter. She's a doctor, an OBGYN who lives here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And one of the things she's gotten famous for is fact-checking Goop, which is a site run by Gwyneth Paltrow, which she got famous for saying we shouldn't be steaming our vaginas. But then it continued. It continued. Let's continue with this. And I want to get to other. Yeah, uh,
1: it did continue. And so, you know, every, every I don't know, couple of months I might have written a post about Goop. and. Mm-hmm. You know, I write about them with the same frequency that I write about abortion or vaccines or mm-hmm. other important topics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think my tagline's a little bit, you know, come for the sex, stay for the science. And so mm-hmm. it, I, I, every time I write a post about something on Goop, you know, I really include a lot of important scientific information. I sort of mm-hmm. use it as a launching point. And then last year, you know, she was promoting this jade egg idea, which is of course ludicrous. Explain the jade egg. Um, so, this is an adult crowd. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would like my children to listen to this, but go ahead. Well my kids oh you yeah. my kids know all my 15 year old boys <laughs> yeah. know all about yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I the idea was that you would put a porous rock, a jade egg, into your vagina to I guess try to help you do Kegels, but you know, pelvic floor exercises for incontinence. But the problem is the way it was promoted by the jade egg enthusiast uh, was not <laughs> biomechanically appropriate. Right. And uh, well, Explain why. I'm, well, her idea was to put the egg in and walk around all day with it in, right. um, which would lead to inappropriate muscle clenching, and that's not right. how pelvic weights are meant to be used. Right. And then, of course, when the energy runs... Because people do kegels. There's yeah, another, yeah, but you do them for repetitions, like any... Exercise, yeah, right? Usually, you do, it's not with
0: something in there. Right.
1: Sometimes there's a machine, right? It, you, you can, but it's yeah. not necessary, right? Yeah. Uh, it just adds expense; it doesn't add efficacy. Yeah. But the, um, and then of course you would take the jade egg out and recharge it with the energy of the moon. Okay,
0: as one does. <laughs> as one does. So you read this. I read this, and, <laughs> and I you're as one does. <laughs> So I put it out with the moon
1: shadow. goes Right. Yeah, okay. as, as one does. Uh-huh. And apparently also this was going to improve your seat of femininity because your feminine knowledge comes from your vagina. Right. Okay. Um, and I'm like, well, no, actually my knowledge comes from my brain. Right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't the Mists of Avalon. Right. And uh, <laughs> and women should know more about their bodies, not less. Yes. And yeah. so uh-huh. I, I wrote that post probably in about 15 minutes mm-hmm. and that just went nuts. And yeah. it was everywhere. And I, I was in People magazine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had mothers of friends contact me on Facebook saying, oh, you really arrived. You're in
0: people. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. oh. Well, that's all right. Where you reach people. Yeah, that is. it's
1: true. It's where you reach people. But I'm like, okay. Okay, <laughs> great. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. Anyway, so that was it. And so the Jade Egg thing went crazy. And then, yeah. you know, I tried one of her diets and it gave right. me gas. Which one was it? I don't know. Some three-day anti-bloat diet. It was horrible. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then I started really looking at a lot of Bad information, like, you know, scaring people that they're all full of parasites and you should mm-hmm. drink raw goat's milk to cure it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, diseases that don't exist were mm-hmm. talked about. And so I would just blog about those on occasion. And then in um, in July of last year, so a year ago, they wrote a post singling me out as, as being a, you know— as being someone who couldn't possibly know anything about the vagina.
0: Right. <laughs> but you were also in the pocket of lingerie. And I'm in the pocket of big lingerie, yes. <laughs>
1: and so, th- <laughs> so they had a male— Who's big, like, Waco? I don't know. Big, who would be
0: big—who li- is big lingerie? I'm, I'm still going to try to figure out who big— I don't even think they meet with each other.
1: I, yeah, I really—there really, really there, there, isn't, like, a, a collusion of, you know, lingerie manufacturers trying to get women into bras, really, <laughs> I just—whatever,
0: I— Sometimes you I just. I love that. I'm, like, I'm going to call you that from now on. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm enjoying myself quite a bit here. So uh, a little too much. Um, so then they
1: wrote a piece about you. Right, and they they said that I couldn't possibly know what I know, and I'm like, okay, sure. Why? Uh, um. I, well, they said that I was strangely confident, and okay. I wrote back, and in my and I said no, as um, you oh, know, man. someone who's done medical school and a five-year surgical residency and a fellowship who's Uh got 20 years Plus of experience, yeah. I'm appropriately confident. Right, right. Um, and that line really stuck with a lot of women because right. I had so much feedback from professional women who right. have so often been put down and oh, told, all the time. right, like that you don't know what you're talking about. Right. And I just, you know, I was like, I'm appropriately confident. And after that, I was, I just decided, you know, I'm not backing down. I don't, right. ca- I don't care who you are. You can be some big celebrity or whatever. Right. That doesn't make you right.
0: Right, right, right. And so, have you talked to? Her her? No, no. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. she might reach out. Who knows? Well, it would have to be an apology first, right? So, so the, did she write this piece, or did they? Did they? Well, it was the editors. The right? editors
1: wrote it. I'm sure they fretted over their ionic water cooler um, <laughs> about what to say, and it was really, I think, a very poorly written piece. And I was like, well, if that's what your editorial board came up with against me and my single woman blog. I don't really know what else to say, right? And you know, they had a some male doctor mansplained to me about how I shouldn't swear. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, right. thanks, Dad. Right, um, right, right.
0: You swear on your blog. Don't, sure. It's fine here to swear. We're good. Oh, We're okay.
1: Swears. Well, the whole thing, the the post where I wrote back, you know, responded to Goop initially mm-hmm. had swear words in it because her tagline is if you're going to F with me, you better bring your A game. Right, okay. I'm like, okay, well, so I responded with <laughs> right. my A game and some swearing. And right. I said, it really doesn't take my A game, maybe my C game. Right,
0: to swear. Yeah, swearing is pretty easy. It's pretty really low, yeah. low, low-hanging low fruit, as they say. And then what happened? So then they're getting a fact checker, right? They had an issue with Condé Nast, yeah, according to this article. So then
1: they kind of continued on their merry way. They had sort of, when they... Lashed out at me. They said that well, was. They should be have a... stuck to pashmina scarves. I, I feel know. like That's... stick
0: with what you know, right?
1: Pashmina scarves. I They're mean,
0: excellent I... on. Them. I have to say, nice products on that stuff. I mean, I
1: don't write about fashion. I don't right. write about makeup. I right. write about what I know about. Right. So they they were going to have, I guess, a regular piece where they told people what they thought, but they just didn't. They just ended with me. And mm-hmm. uh, and then yeah they I went to their wellness conference in New York in okay. January all right and um I can swear here yes yeah that was a shit show right okay all right explain <laughs> um well it was the fucking carnival because we started with a medium mm-hmm. who did cold readings okay and we're in a room full of women who could spend six hundred dollars plus mm-hmm. right to go to this mm-hmm. and sh- her leading question you know the questions the mediums do to try yeah, to yeah, like yeah.
0: do you know someone who died yeah
1: yeah Have you thought about buying a purse? Oh, my God. Do you like shoes? We're in a room full of, I'm like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's insight from the beyond, you know? (laughs) Do you have a blog? was your father a poor communicator? Right, yeah. <laughs> and so this, I'm looking around going, does everybody know this is a cult? Am I the only one? Yeah, yeah. You Mediums know? do that. They're really yeah. funny.
0: But that was present. She's Well, she's not just a you medium. You Lily Dale? Lily Dale's one that's up in, they just wrote no. about the New York Times. Uh, they have all these leading questions. Yeah. Does someone here have someone who died of a heart condition? <laughs> I'm like, everyone. Like, or at least like 79. It was, it's, I'm fascinated by it.
1: It was really interesting. And then it just got worse
0: from there. Mm-hmm. You know, there were people who said that. I don't mind the medium let people do all well. my mother loves a good psychic or whatever
1: well great don't present it as health care no of course not yes yes 100%. entertainment if that's what you if you want to spend your money on that mm-hmm. that's your choice right but to say people to say people could get information about their health right right and you know Gwyneth Paltrow also promotes this guy called the medical medium mm-hmm who was born with an ability to commune with a spirit called Spirit, like mm-hmm. Share, like just goes by one name, Spirit, and um, and Spirit gives information for uh-huh. price, I right. guess, right. and um, yeah, and and I read his book, and did you know that apricots are best for you after? Five o'clock. No. Yeah, it didn't. I don't know if it's picked that time or where you live or, you know,
0: hemisphere didn't say. Right. So So five o'clock apricots. I like an apricot anytime. Yeah. I I, I enjoy apricots quite a bit. My neighbor has a tree and I eat them quite a bit. Ooh, lovely. Yeah, but I eat them in the morning. I'm sorry to tell you. (laughs) Well, it's five o'clock somewhere. (laughs) It's always five o'clock somewhere. somewhere. It's like an old drinking thing. It's true. So you go to the conference and then the medical thing. Let's focus on the medical thing. So again, I don't care about the Hashemina scarves.
1: Well, yeah, but it was all like that. So, you know, we heard people tell us that death isn't real. Mm -hmm. Like literally not real. (laughs) And that when you die, your dead brain can bring you back with love. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. could cure your cancer with Mm -hmm. your brain. (laughs) And I, you know, I'm with another physician and and people are scared enough of getting treatment for cancer. Right. And that's why people go and get these IV vitamin therapies instead of chemo. Mm-hmm. And and we do know there's a recent study that shows that people who engage in these complementary medicine approaches with cancer are more likely to die because mm-hmm. they're more likely to not get the therapy they need. Right. And so people don't need to hear that they could try the alkaline diet or mm-hmm. they could try
0: love, whatever mm-hmm. that specifically means. Mm-hmm. And. That probably is born out of hope, right? People especially when it's fatal. I mean, we're all fatal, right? But But
1: if you tell someone that you can cure yourself with love, Mm -hmm. then if you haven't cured yourself, what does that mean about you? Then that Mm -hmm. assigns fault. It's like the secret. Like I can't stand that. And even as a parent of a of a child who died, that's like really offensive Mm -hmm. to me. That Mm -hmm. you know, so what? Like my child. You had tried harder, right? Yeah. So, you know, it was like that all day. Right. Really lack of any useful information. Mm -hmm. And and then like you could get a vitamin B twelve shot from some dude, mm-hmm. you know, who you know was a doctor, but right. nobody there was no health history, you didn't give any health history on I me. Mean, right. I wasn't gonna line up and get a shot. I've seen the Stepford Wives. Like, <laughs>
0: That was a good movie. That <laughs> was um, a great movie. The book was great. I love it. Yeah, everything. Uh, so so he wrote a lot of great books, yes. actually. Right. Um, so you were at this conference. Did they
1: know who you were? No, I used my real name. I'm all about honesty. Although right. at the time, my online persona was a red wig because mm-hmm. it was my—I do a lot of cosplay with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a son who's a brony. Mm-hmm. And so that—I was in my sunset shimmer wig. Okay. Um, so most people only knew me as someone with long— Right, red hair. Right, right. Uh, so I walked in. I registered under my name, and mm-hmm. I stood six
0: feet away from her, and mm-hmm. you know, and and yeah, I was I was unrecognised. So, so what is the goal here? You want to just get people good information, right, right? Especially because online is where people are now getting a lot right. of this wellness information. So your goal is what in this? Because calling attention this is, is to someone who's well known is a good way to do it. But there's lots of this stuff that goes on all over.
1: Yeah, I mean, my goal is to get people to learn how to. Re, learn how to sort out good information. To learn that studies matter. To, I get that it's so hard to find good information. So to have a good curated source. Mm-hmm. So if people know me as a trusted source where they can get information, they mm-hmm. can go. You go to my blog and they can say, well, what does Jen say about the HPV vaccine? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, she's got some links here. And then I'm going to use it as a launching point for discussion with my healthcare provider. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what I'm just trying to offer
0: people is a right. way to have get good information. Right now, Goop has now added a fact checker. Right, correct. So they say. So they say they didn't offer you the job.
1: No, no. It's all right, they couldn't afford me. <laughs> they couldn't
0: afford you. So they, the, the, but the concept is that they they had some issues with Kanye of fact checking. Is that yeah. they, this a lot of this stuff is. Is not something Condé Nast
1: wanted to be. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Condé Nast is in definitely in their, you know, in, to their credit. There's enough know.
0: avocado in your face there, but I don't mind that yeah. kind of stuff, right? Okay.
1: Yeah, but that's not sure. ha- you know, that's not you. I mean, some of the claims and the medical claims in Goop are really quite outrageous. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I said, they pony up with anti-vaccine conspiracy theorists. Mm-hmm. You know, people who write for them believe that the mercury in your fillings are you know causing whatever, or that you mm-hmm. know, I mean, all. Name your conspiracy theory, right? So you
0: know That's a you big really thing you have, online. I wrote yeah. about That
1: today, <laughs> it's yeah. I I try not to get read too many conspiracy theories because you start thinking about them, going how do how
0: how right? But right. you know it does happen. So what do you hope to do? What do you hope to do? And then I want to get into well the wellness industry in general online.
1: I just hope people. I want people to learn how to look up good information. I want people to know that they can question their doctors. I mm-hmm. want you know to say, hey, why do I need to do this? What's the good information? I mean mm-hmm. the The thing that makes me most proud is I'll get an email from a patient and say, you know, my doctor told me I couldn't get an IUD because I'd never been pregnant before. And I printed off your blog post and I took it and I showed it to my doctor. Mm -hmm. And then my doctor said, oh, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm hoping to empower women. Right. It's your body and your choice. And if you you want to do raw goat's milk for Mm -hmm. parasites you don't have, obviously that is your choice. Mm But it would be correct for you to know that you don't have those parasites and that you could get really ill from, you know. Right. And then you make the decision with the right information. Right, right, right. And so when are you going to end this with Goop? Are you just going to keep, like— fact-checking them? Well, you know, I just write about things that I think are, that women want to know about. Right. You know, right. so I think that if they're going to keep promoting vaginal misinformation, mm-hmm. you know, I'll probably keep calling them out on it. But, right. you know, I still I like write about other, a lot of other things, too. So, right. you know, um, yeah, I mean, I think that they should know that there's other people out there looking as well. Looking and, very care- You've yeah. caused
0: a lot of attention towards it, which is great, which yeah, I think is great. Yeah. It's important. You know, again, it's one thing to do Silly things. It's another thing to do medical things. Um, when we get back, we're going to talk about that because I think wellness online has really taken off. It's become the biggest. Whether it's meditation, whether it's vitamin, there's all these internet companies that are now doing pill, different pills with wine in them and things like that. I'm, I'm sure, you, are you aware of some of these? Yeah, yeah. You don't need any of them, but yeah, I know that. I got that. So we're going to talk about that uh, when we get back here we're with Dr. Jen Gunter. She is the. Uh, she's a doctor. She lives in Marin County, where there's a lot of wawa. Uh, uh, there's a lot lot of Wawa going up there, right? <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, I know. It's always interesting
0: to, to yeah, it is. There yeah, is. <laughs> yes, there is. Um, she's an OBGYN and a pain medicine physician, and she's been uh, taking the wellness industry to task, which I think is really important because a lot of it is online, and in fact, most of the growth of it isn't online. Today's show is brought to you by TransferWise. Do you ever need to send money internationally? Sure. Your bank or PayPal can get your money from A to B, but that transfer will cost you more than it should, a lot more. That's the old way of doing things. Let me tell you about the new, smarter, and cheaper way to send money internationally, TransferWise. TransferWise was founded by two friends, Tabit and Christo, who were frustrated by their banks' bad exchange rates and high fees. They wondered, what if we could bypass the banks entirely? So they built TransferWise. That was seven years ago. Today, more than 2 million people use TransferWise. People sending money home, businesses paying suppliers, freelancers getting paid. The list goes on. TransferWise's clever new technology gives you a great exchange rate and a low fee. So it'll put some extra money in your pocket for more important things. No one has ever said, it's important that my bank gets some extra money. Test it out for free at TransferWise.com slash podcast or download the app. Once again, that's TransferWise.com slash podcast. It's the wise way to send money.
1: Hello, I'm Ezra Klein, host of The Ezra Klein Show, and I would love if you checked it out.
0: It is a weekly conversation with the people shaping our world, our politics, our culture, people like ta Coates, Hillary Clinton, Mark Zuckerberg, and Jaron Lanier. These are conversations you
1: won't hear anywhere else, conversations at the intersection of, of technology, of culture, of politics, of governance, and that are hopefully getting at the ideas that are changing our society. So I'd love if you would give the podcast a try. You can find The Ezra Klein Show wherever you get your podcasts.
0: We're back with Dr. Jen Gunter. She is an OBGYN. We've been talking about her one-woman crusade to get proper information into Gwyneth Paltrow's company, Goop. But it goes beyond Gwyneth Paltrow. And I do hope people aren't putting jade eggs up there anymore. (laughs) But some people will. You can't stop people from doing certain things. Yeah. Choice is choice. Choice is, I guess, I suppose. Please don't do that. Um, But so talk about the wellness industry in general and getting this information. Because, look, I, I had a stroke a couple years ago, five years ago, and you know, the first thing you do is tap tap tap. And one of the things I do like to do is have information, good information mm-hmm. at my fingertips. And when I had a baby, same thing, I had very low white blood cells. And I went to test after test and nobody could figure it out for me. Like it was and at one point one of the doctors said you had neutropenia, neutropenia, right? Mm-hmm. Which is low white blood cells. And I said, you know, I'm good with the words and I think that's a description not a diagnosis. And they're like, well, it's my diagnosis. I go, that's not a diagnosis. And so it was interesting pushing back at doctors, which I think people should do because I think people mm-hmm. lack full information and someone who has good in information like me had a lot of it around my stroke, but I still felt not able to push back properly. You know what I mean? Like how hard it is to push back. And and there's a new relationship between the enormous amounts of information we can get and is at our fingertips and our phones and experts at the same mm-hmm. time. And that they should welcome some of that and push back on some of it. So I want to talk about that because people do are self-diagnosing, they're using the Internet, there's WebMD, there's all kinds of things. What is good to do and what is not good to do? And what should doctors be thinking about in this new era?
1: Well, I think, first of all, what's good to do is to start with properly curated sources. Mm -hmm. And until recently, data has told us that .gov sites are the most reliable. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the funding for medical librarians at the National Library of Medicine is going to continue with the mm-hmm. current administration. Mm-hmm. But, you know, .gov sites, the National Library of Medicine, uh, profession, medical professional societies often have really great information, patient mm-hmm. portals and other things. And that's the place to start, not WebMD or Wikipedia or places like that at all. Right, right. You know, anybody obviously can go in Mayo and Mayo Clinic? Um, there I mean, I haven't read everything on there. And mm-hmm. so obviously, you're very
0: aggressive in, in that. Space. Yeah.
1: So I, I, you know, a few things that I've read on there have been fine, but you know, it's, it's hard to know. I think it's important for us to teach people some really, and you brought up a really good point about that's a symptom, not a diagnosis, but sometimes they're the same thing. And the right. best example is headache. Mm-hmm. Headache's is a symptom and it's also a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And I think that Doctors need to learn better how to communicate that to patients in ways they can hear it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not taught enough. No, they would just
0: give me a big word that yeah. I actually could define.
1: Right. But, but you know, the thing is, if you sit down and take the time and explain it to somebody, then I think they, they you know, once people have
0: more information, really, right. they really, they do so much better. I think what was interesting is I just wanted, I don't know. Well, yes. We don't know. Yeah. And... I, and- you're not going to know more by looking it up either, by the way. It, that's what I would have preferred. And I, that's exactly right.
1: Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's better to just say, you know, I don't have an explanation, but what I do know is this isn't cancer. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to end your life. Right. This isn't going to do this. Mm-hmm. And and then a good thing to be able to say, and then, hey, this is what, you know, the National Hematology Society has to say about mm-hmm. it. And here's their patient handout on this. Right. And so I think that the conversation needs to continue in ways until a person is satisfied and feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. And and that's something that is missing a lot in medicine,
0: right? And do doctors are doctors? Are you annoyed by the internet? Do you, when people bring stuff in, because there are there is little self diagnosis going on almost continually. Oh, now.
1: everybody's an e patient, right? Everybody right. looks everything up, and to assume that they're not, if someone says they haven't, then I don't, you know, I, I'm like right. sure, whatever, but I, I'm sure they have, right? And I think that's great. I'm really all pro research, mm-hmm. and so. I think that you can't tell people not to do something. I think what you should do is be directing them how to do it appropriately. Mm -hmm. And I would say that I have yet to have somebody be unhappy with me telling them where they can get better information. Right. People are unhappy when you say, don't look it up. But they're very happy to get good direction. Right. And so that's what I would encourage all physicians to do, whenever I lecture on the subject, I would say, you know, you should look up your most common diagnoses to see what your patients are finding, right? and then figure very out how to point. That's answer a point. that
0: proactively. Right, exactly. And also, uh, getting information of your health online eat more easily. I think the medical industry has not been good at that. I mean, I just was trying to go on the Sutter. I just can't, and I'm real good at it. Yeah, exa- exactly. You know, I was trying to find out some blood work, which wasn't explained very well. I, I you know, and I finally figured it out by piecing right. it together, but I felt like an archaeologist. Like, right. And that it oh, it's a bone over here and it
1: no looks like a nose. You know what I mean? Like, and it shouldn't be like that. There should be a better user interface for, right. I think, lack of a better word. Right, right. You know, we need to be more like dogs and less like cats. Right. Go oh, Explain <laughs> that. Well, you know, dogs always look at you like, how can I help you more? Right. And, you know, cats, one minute you're petting them and they love it and the next minute they're biting
0: you. And right. you're like, wait, what happened? Right. It, like your remote control is <laughs> broken. You love me thought <laughs> you love me um because it really is it's not like I it was a cholesterol thing and I just want to know is this higher low like it was so and there's all these new medical things that are coming out I, we've uh, forward and others that try to sort of technologize mm-hmm. uh, your health care and it's just bells and whistles really it's just here's a cool. It was just right. an easier way to hear it, yes. which I think, you know, people were criticized. I was like, but it actually was an easier way to interface with it um, and to talk to your doctors and stuff right. like that, which I thought was interesting. I
1: mean, I think that's been really understudied is how best to communicate with people. And mm-hmm. the thing is different people need different types of communication. So you right. can't just say we communicate with patients this way because there's so many as many different types of people. And so people learn differently. And And so I just I think that we have to try to invest m- more time and effort in learning that. Right. and and also you know the medical profession was really behind the ball behind the eight ball i think um social media wise because yeah. you know 8 or 9 years ago it was considered unprofessional for a doctor to be on twitter and mm-hmm. and and even now some professional societies say well you should have two separate accounts right and my answer to that is patients want real people Right. they want to know that their doctor looking after them why two it's, separate accounts well because it's unprofessional to talk about your personal life oh okay all right, all right. which I just don't think that's true. I mean, when a patient comes to see you in the office... There's a big power differential and people are afraid and mm-hmm. and once they know that you're a real person right they disclose more about themselves so much easier that's yes, which you can help in your diagnosis yeah and especially if you're talking about sexual health like it's really personal for you to disclose something mm-hmm. so I think if you know that your doctor's like a real person mm-hmm. it, it makes it it makes a difference
0: absolutely and what about getting like not just access to your health care but in terms but the communications are going to be all online going forward a lot of this is going to be in apps it's going to be in all kinds of ways yeah. that, that can besides in-person things, I mean, eventually there will be no in-person things, but and there'll be a robot there giving you your diagnosis at some point. I've seen some stuff at MIT that's pretty fascinating,
1: yeah, I know, but you know, also, too, the, as somebody who's had, you know, really gone through a lot medically, yes. I don't know, man, the personal touch is also yeah. really... It is. You know, when, it is. when you are, get something really sucky, having somebody sit down and just put their hand on you and just kind of sit with you... Yes, is, care. Yeah, care yeah. is Rather really important. Road. Well,
0: one of the issues around the robots, I was talking to MIT, was they can't, they have these robots, because there's about 10 things that everybody has, like, that it's pretty easy to diagnose, like, certain... Different things that they could use that they don't need to repeat, mm-hmm. r- re- you know, lather, rinse, repeat essentially. Right. And, and they can't get the eyes right. Oh, interesting. You know, of these, in one case, in some, especially with elderly people, it's a nice thing because it's an interface. Yeah. And in other cases, they never can get the eyes right. And so oh. people are always off put by the eyes. I can imagine. I mean, right? You can't yeah. get human eyes. Yeah, it's really funny. People are bothered by it, and everything else works really well. Oh, interesting! But not the. It was interesting for me. Yeah. Um So I don't. I, in certain cases in medicine, radiology might be replaced in, in, with an AI or something like that because it's better better diagnosis computers can do it in other cases you're right care doesn't matter so I want to finish talking about sort of where things are going especially in the wellness industry right now in Silicon Valley there's all kinds of things about diets like fasting and things like that there's stuff around these pills that people are selling these wine there's all kinds of pills there's nootropics I've had that guy on um, where he's, uh, where you take different pills for your mind to bring. There's a huge interest in this. And mm-hmm. then recently I had Michael Pollan on talking about psychedelics, which I think are, is actually interesting to replace opiates and uh, various pain medications. I'd just love to get your thoughts on any and all of these topics. I guess I would say that
1: it's very hard to advise anybody when people don't invest in high-quality studies. Mm-hmm. And so I think that many people put stuff out in the hopes that it's just going to sell and then the studies will come later. Right. And a lot of times the basic science is actually really poor. Right. So I would say, like, for example, um, you know, uh, oh, I'm blanking on the name of the blood company with the micro... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway every doctor I knew and everybody I knew in lab medicine said, Fair this knows. is no way going to work. Oh, yeah, there yeah. yeah, there's no way this is going to work. This is impossible. Yeah, yeah my and, brother
0: said that a yeah, hundred times. it's impossible, but
1: it was cool. Right. And so I think that— Well, it's a nice thought.
0: Wouldn't it be great if?
1: Yeah, wouldn't it be great if? I? You know, I I wish I could raise a billion dollars off a of thought. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I mean, that's why I'm not in Silicon Valley, I guess. Right. But right. So I think all these people who claim that they can do these things, I would say that there's no way— I would ever recommend your product without a quality study showing me that it made a measurable difference. Mm-hmm. And if you have all of this money, instead of investing in putting it in the hands of celebrities, why don't you invest in some quality research if you mm-hmm. actually want to make a difference?
0: Right. How do you look at the, – you know, there's a lot more – a lot of uh, people going into the health care. There's color genomics. There's 23andMe. There's – all, they're all different. They're all different in their ways. There's, yeah. um, there's one, the, uh, the heart one um, – it's the EKG machine. And stuff like that. There's a, it's something. There's a lot of investment going by technologists, All of which, all of which, to me, points the fact, they don't want to die. Uh, yeah, which apparently you don't have to do. According right. To- well, I, I think that yeah, if you go to either like if you go to these
1: wellness conferences, mm-hmm. a lot of this is an investment in how to stay young forever. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think, well, I want to enjoy life, mm-hmm. and so I think that it's it's interesting because none of these things, you know, we we kind of know the real basics that aren't being done. And and Mm -hmm. most people don't eat healthy diets and most people don't get enough exercise. I'm still like whatever 17% of people smoke. Mm -hmm. So there's still a lot of things that we could do. And the problem with a lot of these supplements and things like that is people do that instead of exercising or they do that instead of eating right right and if you have an extra 40 or 50 60 dollars a month invest it in a quality diet don't mm-hmm. invest it in supplements in supplements
0: what about the the focus on on gen, like the what I was 23 me and all the others and and there's color genomics there's all kinds of di- they're diagnostic cardi is another one yeah I,
1: I don't know about all of them but i know about you know for example you know instead of spending your money on 23andMe, spend your money and go to a geneticist and find out if you actually need to be tested. Because Mm -hmm. the problem is a
0: lot of these results we don't know what to do with. Right, right. Well, they're they're prevented too. They were initially quite... Full of information yeah. that you then would bring to some of them are affiliated with doctors. Now these go these reports go to the doctor, and so the doctor gets more information.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would just say that it wouldn't be something I've done, right. um, and uh, and I wouldn't be something I would do. But I've heard you know people have swabbed their dog's mouth and sent them to twenty three and Me and got you know a human result back. And oh because, no. Because yeah, I I, re- I think I read that. Maybe I'm incorrect, right. but I'm pretty sure I read
0: something like right. that. So how do you think someone should approach? health, because they're start, they're really starting to make major investments in it. Well, I think— And obviously, Theranos aside. Right.
1: Well, I guess what I would say is that investing in health sounds like you're investing in making money off of health, mm-hmm. um, and investing in health to me means helping people get better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And helping people get better requires quality research. Mm -hmm. So I would say that if if they're really interested in helping people as opposed to selling product, that they would invest in quality research.
0: On whatever they're doing. Exactly. Because they're also selling a lot of wellness programs into Mm -hmm. companies. There's all kinds of napping, meditation. I don't mind the meditation Yeah, Well, I mean— Nothing wrong with meditation. I mean, the— Wellness has become
1: a bit corrupted, I think, in the sense that people have confused it with things that can make you live longer or Mm -hmm. necessarily be healthier. But doing things because they make you happy are fine. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's not really good data on massages helping chronic pain, but if you have chronic pain and you go get a massage and it makes you feel better, mm-hmm. that's okay. Right, right. Right? But you're being honest about it. It makes me feel right. better. I like it. Right. Um. But, you know, problem with a lot of the company wellness things, I think, is the whole idea is to improve productivity or, you know, I mean, I think that, I, I don't know. I, I think that I'll, I'm not sure the data is very robust on it. Right. I, I'm no, not, an not. Expert, actually. There's though. a story
0: out today that they, didn't, they don't work. Yeah. Which is interesting that, they, that it doesn't right the needle in the way I think companies want to do it because they want a healthier, yeah, employee population. And
1: I mean, I think the ru- the rush into sort of like tech and investing is you know we make gains in healthcare over the long term, not mm-hmm. over the short term. Mm-hmm. And if anything sounds too good to be true, it almost always is. Yes, always
0: the case. So I want to finish up talking about how people should your book. Your next book is coming out. Yes, to explain it. Yeah, so it's called the Vagina Isn't, Bible. to Be dedicated to going to
1: the no, no. will Actually, it's going to be dedicated to every woman who's been told something nasty by some dude Uh about her vagina. Okay. All right. Um, Really. Uh, And – it's a, it's called the Vagina Bible. It's everything you need to know about the vulva and the mm-hmm. vagina. Mm-hmm. So you can wade through the stuff on the internet. So you can speak with your doctor. So you can tell your girlfriends, mm-hmm. your boyfriends, your family what they should or shouldn't know, or what mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's it's all the information that I think everybody should have. Are you to have
0: a big online element of this, obviously.
1: Um, yeah, as it gets updated, absolutely. Right. I mean, obviously, some of it's up to the publisher. It's Kensington mm-hmm. Publishing, so mm-hmm. you know they they make decisions that. You know, I'm just trying to produce good content.
0: Right, right, absolutely. And when you're thinking about health online and how you do, like, when you're thinking about health, I do think it's really laudable that you've done this. Because I think what does happen is there's this quackery just gets amplified. Quackery has been around since the beginning of time. Absolutely. They used to have those... Tinctures and yeah. tonics and this will do that. You know, even Kellogg started, right? right as well, and you know about the goat testicles, right? No, no, tell me. <laughs> you
1: must. <laughs> so there was, a, there was a a guy called John, I think it's Binkley or Brinkley, I can't mm-hmm. remember. This was in the about 1920s. He failed out of medical school. And so he went to Kansas and started implanting goat testicles into men for loss of vigor and other things that, you know, are quasi sort of medical things. Where did he implant them? Um, like in their scrotum and lower abdomen. And he did it okay. for some women too. And obviously a lot of people got sepsis and really ill. And, for sure. But he made a lot of money off of it. And he bought a radio station. Mm-hmm. And so he was controlling the local media and he paid off the governor. And, um, and, you know, there was this whole, cra- there's a animated movie, I think, that just came out about it. I saw something mm-hmm. about that online. It's a fascinating, the book about it's called Charlatan, which is a really great read. Mm-hmm. But, You know, he was doing the exact same thing that you know in in the you know nineteen twenties and thirties. So there's always been these crazy ideas around for a long time, Mm -hmm. and and I think that we I think it just goes to show that a lot of the symptoms that people turn to wellness for, like bloat and fatigue and ennui. I personally think that a lot of those are part of the human
0: experience. Mm-hmm. And, no, nobody wants to be uncomfortable, do they?
1: Yeah, and yeah. it's just, you know, we need f- maybe friendship, and we, we need medicine to tell us it's not cancer, and it's not heart disease, and it's not mm-hmm. something serious. But then when we're left with sort of other things, then diet and exercise are, are probably and better right. sleep right. are probably the answer. Right. But it's just it's these crazy schemes have been around for a long time. Yeah,
0: so what do you recommend people doing I I recommend, I have this app I talk about all the time called We Croak. You ever heard of it? No. It's 99 cents. (laughs) Okay. It's apparently in Bhutan, they think about death a lot, right? Uh They think about death. And it gives you five amazing quotes every day Mm. on death. Oh. And they pop up on your screen. And... (laughs) And they're great. They're really great. Now, I'm telling you, and it does make me feel better. You know what I mean? You think about death, and it doesn't scare you, and it doesn't—and it's really—it's called Weedrix. So uh, this one is today is, drink your tea slowly and reverently as if it was the axis on which the earth revolves, slowly evenly without rushing toward the future. I feel good about that. That's great. I know it's a re- they're really like astonishing quotes, and it's really interesting because it's a peace of mind thing. I think uh-huh. more than anything else. And you're right; it just makes me feel better. Like uh, there was a Marcus Aurelius: "Think of yourself as dead. You have lived your life. Now take what's left and live it properly." <sighs> Sounds good to me. Like, it's yeah. Kind of, but what do you recommend? That's mine. We my personal wellness.
1: So, my personal wellness is shoes. Okay. I love.
0: <laughs> all right, online. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I know. Well, you Where can buy them shoes? online. Oh, I'm
1: wearing Fluvogs today. Oh
0: my God, what's that? That's cool. Yeah, they're
1: a Canadian shoe manufacturer. Okay. I, I, I should be. I'm. I wear all their shoes. Okay. Um, so, what do I do online for wellness? I have an app. I use Lose It mm-hmm. um, to keep my weight in check. I, mm-hmm. I'm a calorie counter. Um, mm-hmm. I lost sixty pounds about uh, eight years ago, wow. and so. I keep it off that way, right? And uh, so that's my biggest app. And then my my oh, my big wellness thing is I I um, now do one of those meal delivery things where mm-hmm. they deliver it to you, and then yeah, yeah, it's, it's all yeah, yeah, it's and, fun, yeah and then you prep it, you, you yeah. cook it yourself mm-hmm. because I hate the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I hate the grocery store more than anything else in the world. Mm-hmm. And so anything that keeps me out of the grocery store but helps get me good food, good food. And I just I've been doing it just for about yeah, they're a actually day.
0: can make some really good stuff. Oh my, the food yeah, is fantastic. Nice my and
1: there's son. Whatever. There's a whole sunbasket. We're doing sunbasket, and yeah. the kids love it. Yeah, this fun. is I'm not paid by anybody. Right. I, this is not any no, kind No, it's a of, good yeah. way for diet, yeah. And my kids are loving it. We're trying new food, and... It's fun. I spend less time in the grocery store, and that is my big personal wellness.
0: Mm-hmm. That is your big personal <laughs> wellness. All right, Jen, this has been really fascinating. I really do think it's really important for lots of doctors to be uh, online. There's a lot of cracky doctors too that have used and abused it, I think in a lot of ways. And it's not in easy, what you're doing is not easy and it's not easy answers. I think a lot of people think they can Google something and come up with answers and it's not the case. Yeah.
1: Thank you. I mean, I think that, you know, science is sexy in a lot of ways, but it's also not the fast answer, and mm-hmm. so it's really hard when everybody online is looking for, like, the cool flash, mm-hmm. and you're, like, science standing in the corner going, no, hey, we're <laughs> over here. Come, come. We, we just have the regular brownies, not any souped-up <laughs> fancy ones with M&Ms or any weight-loss brownies. We just have, like, the regular ones, yeah. but they're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and
0: it's a multi-part answer that's going to take years. People yeah, don't want that, because we're used to answers immediately. Yeah, it's so it's hard. I, I think
1: the other thing that we could all focus on is more scientific Literacy, right? Absolutely. So teaching more people about you know what it means. I mean, we still have people that don't believe in you know climate change. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this isn't just unique to medicine about wanting to believe, right, or not understanding about science. Well,
0: a lot of those issues, climate change, anti-vaccines, all rocket around the internet. There, they're, It's funny that a lot of these things. That's where they thrive and live, where people get too much of the information. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I know, and I think it's really hard because people share stories and they don't even realize that. Even to share something to sort of make fun of it actually Mm -hmm. helps propagate the information. Right. So I think we could all learn better internet hygiene about how to prevent the spread of myths, too.
0: Do not steam your internet. (laughs) <laughs> don't steam your vagina or your computer. Okay, don't do it. It's bad for you. Thank you, doctor. What a great diagnosis. I really appreciate it. I was just going to go home and do that. <laughs> anyway, uh, it was great talking to you. Thanks for coming on the show. If you enjoyed the interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe to the show. You can find more episodes of Rico Decode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, or just visit riconet slash for more. We have a lot of good information on our podcast. If you have a minute, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell other people about the show. That helps them discover great interviews just like this one. Now that you're done with this, go check out the latest episode of Recode Media. You can find that show wherever you found this one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Recode Decode. And thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back here on Wednesday. Tune in then. Thanks to ZipRecruiter, which is the presenting sponsor of Recode Decode and The Smartest Way to Hire. If you run a tech company, well, then you're very used to, well, running. Sprinting through dev and testing cycles, scrambling to find investors, hurtling through regulatory reviews. When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time interviewing people who don't have all the skills and experience you need. You need a way to quickly identify the strongest, most qualified candidates. You need ZipRecruiter. Their powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes across its network to actively find people with the right experience and invites them to apply for your job. So you get the qualified candidates fast. It's so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. So if you're hiring, it's time to get smart. Go to ZipRecruiter.com decode right now, where you can try ZipRecruiter for free. The lowest risk price there is. Don't waste another second. Go to ZipRecruiter.com decode and start putting that technology to work for you. That's ZipRecruiter.com decode. Hey, Recode Decode listeners, this is Amanda Clute Eater's editor in chief, and I want to tell you about a new TV show that we just launched with PBS and chef Marcus Samuelson. Every Tuesday, Marcus explores the food and culture of a different immigrant community, like the Arab-American community in Dearborn, Michigan, the Vietnamese community in New Orleans, and on and on. I really love the show because I'm learning about new cultures and foods and traditions that I didn't know about in the United States, and I hope you can add these destinations to your travel bucket list. Check out the show every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. on eater.com slash no passport required or on PBS.